Hello everyone, welcome to Ubi Estimia. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode is with comedian James Fritz. James has a brand new record. It's called Still Together, and it's on a special thing, Records. It is a great, great record, and I highly recommend it. I've known James for quite some time, and I'm really grateful that we were able to catch up. He's currently living in Los Angeles. Before that, he spent some time in Chicago, and he's originally from Kentucky. Without further ado, here's James Fritz. It's audio only, right? It's audio only. Okay, good. Because I just woke up not that long ago. Can we talk about that or no? What? Just waking up not too long ago. Yeah. It's been a lot of sleep. So you're sleeping more than usual then? I've been like sleeping and then waking up and like calling my representatives and then going back to sleep. And when reading articles and getting depressed and then going back to sleep and then for like an hour and then waking back up. <laughs> Have you ever called a representative before last week? No. Isn't that awful? It's not necessarily awful. Um, maybe things were just going your way more often. Not really. It's just like, uh, you know. You read that. You read that shit about how like petitions and all that stuff doesn't really matter, and you have to like actually bother them. And for someone who hates talking on the phone, it's kind of hard. But whatever, it's the least we can do. You are from Kentucky, but you started doing stand up in Chicago, and you currently live in LA. And Los Angeles and Chicago are very liberal, very democratic cities, very dem leaning cities. Um, right. Have you ever been afraid that talking about politics so much might not be the best thing for your career? I don't really care. Who cares about fucking careers right now? Like, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I don't fucking care. Like, <laughs> you've uh, always been like this, though. Even when things were more aligned with how you believe and live, you've always been careful yeah. when it comes to giving your political beliefs. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just... I think every comic talks about what they think about a lot, right? No. And, no? I don't think so. I think there's a split. I, I think <clears> a, <throat> a lot of guys prefer... Or women, it doesn't matter. Prefer never to talk wow. about it. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. We should, we should preface this with, I've known you for a very long time. I know. This has been a How decade. are you? What? I think it's been a decade. Or close to it. Yeah, probably around that. Yeah. Um, you moved to L.A. four years ago? Yeah, November was four. Or this is four. So four years ago, and you have your first record out uh, since you've been in L.A., and it's on a Special Thing Records, which is a very good, respectable record label. Yeah, they're great. That's not normal. That's good. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thanks. It's been a real fun week to promote an album. Yeah, your album came out on the Friday following the election. What was the, what is the name of the album? Uh, it's called Still Together. But I didn't know this until you posted about Facebook. I don't know if this was a joke. What was the alternate title that you wanted but didn't think it would be relevant? Oh, that was a kind of a joke, but kind of not. Uh, woke Cuck? Okay. Now, the majority of WGN listeners, I have, I'm assuming, have no idea what either of those terms mean. 
Well, they'll they'll know what cuck means soon if they don't already because the the the, the chief of staff. Uh, He's not uh, the chief of staff. Steve Bannon is not the chief of staff. Oh right, he's the uh, chief strategist. Right, what Karl Rove was. Yes, exactly. Which makes it so much scarier. When you put it like that? No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. A white supremacist is going to be what Karl Rove was. We need to... F- I, I, he might not be a rot white supremacist. He just supports them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would like... For the listener at home that doesn't know James or I, I, I want to make it clear that... Um, some, we, These are the views of WGN. <laughs> it's it's a, I feel like we're in a laugh or cry situation right now. And I also believe that it's um, a lot easier for us to laugh than most because we are both straight white men in America. Yeah, don't cry. I think it's rage time. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. I'm going to go yeah. on the laugh side more um, for this conversation at least. Oh, okay. I'll try to dial up the funny. No, no, no. Have I ever once asked you to be funny? And if I have, I apologize. I don't like to be that person. No, you never have. So. Okay. Um, are Does the term comics comic make you upset? Do you ever even think about it anymore? I'm, I'm completely serious because you know that that's going to be in every review of your record. Well, that just means I'm not on television. <laughs> right? Kind of. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, I mean, I've heard a lot of my favorite comics described that way, so. Do you still like comedy? Yeah. What the kind of question is that? I know a lot of comics that I, I don't like it as much as I used to. Is is when I was seeing you all the time, I, I was definitely enjoying it a lot more. I definitely well, I'm, have enjoyed it. I'm fantastic. You are fantastic. I've enjoyed it less since leaving Chicago. Oh, yeah? Yeah. In Washington, D.C., you've enjoyed comedy less? <laughs> I mean, the swamp out here is just so – you get sucked into it so easily. Uh, oh, I heard – but it's drained now, right? It's completely drained. We're on dry land yeah. for the first time ever. Okay. Um, part of you has to know that this – your album could not have come out at a better date. What? what, what to be buried by news? Not to be buried by news, but – your album did not shy away from anything political. And in a way, it would have maybe been worse. This is, once again, I, I'm assuming you would have won the other way to, for this to shake out. But if Hillary Clinton was elected president... Don't say that. I'm just hearing me out. If Hillary Clinton was elected president, your album wouldn't be as, I don't know, maybe potent as it is now. I don't know. I disagree because, I mean, I was... Like every person who uh, followed this election at all, uh, I thought she was going to win. And uh, I don't think there's a Trump joke on the album. No, but there's a there's a type of Trump voter that's the the trope. Those that are on the album specifically. Uh, you're well, yeah, I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> I really. I don't want to tease it out because I don't know like if the availability. I want people to buy this thing, but your piece about the Orlando shooter, that oh. that kind of chunk, yeah. So great way to stay in the zeitgeist. I just like people to come to the show and forget about their problems. <laughs> Have you ever gotten that note from a booker? 
<laughs> Not that I listen to. <laughs> I mean, um, life's too short, and it's even shorter now. What I'm gonna care? Like if the <laughs> if some crowd that hates half of my friends uh, likes me or try to? I don't. I've never liked comedy that. I don't know. It, it, I just think all the comics who really tried to play the middle are looking really good right now, aren't they? I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, but if you think about it, the answer is, yeah, they actually are kind of looking good. I'm sure Fallon and Cordron and all those guys' ratings go up in the next few months, and I'm sure Colbert's go down now that he's got that edge back. Oh, well, that's late night. Yeah. Um, you mean the main forum for comics? No, I mean, like, I'm t- talking about your average, like, your club comedian. I'm not a late night TV show host yet. (laughs) Um, One of the things that's interesting about you is you actually do seem to love your family and you seem to care about them. And that's not a new thing in your, and it's all, and they've always been part of your act, but um, I didn't know this, but thanks to the album, I now know that your dad knows how to text you. Yeah. (laughs) So what I want to know is, you genuinely like your – you love your family. You might not like them, but you love them. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and part of the record – we're not talking about my family. Part of the record is um, – Oh, I know you love your family. Part of the record is also about right. who you are in terms of if you go to the moon, you're always going to be a redneck. You're always going to be from Kentucky. There's no way to shake that. But you're right. also incredibly conflicted, maybe not conflicted, but comparably upset with the way your state voted. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been, a, I love, I'm a California now, and I'm very proud post-election to be, to say that. I'm really proud of how Kamala Harris and our mayor, and hell, even, I never thought I'd say this, but even the chief of police in LA uh, responded that, no, we won't be going around arresting immigrants and like, uh, I'm really proud to live out here and I love it out here and I love Chicago and I like things about Kentucky. (laughs) Well, I was getting politically, they had their own head up their ass so hard because of their religious right. Let them take over their brains uh, (laughs) for the last, what, 40 years. And they're, 47th in education and they're building arcs with taxpayer dollars and <laughs> you know they, they voted against health care or Obamacare or they elected the governor who ran just on that when they had one of the it was implemented better in Kentucky than like 45 than like most of the other states it was one of the best states for that and then and it, they're impoverished and they need care it's a very sick state it's a very poor state and they don't seem to care because jesus is coming back so fuck it all i guess i don't know so are you gonna go home for christmas (laughs) yeah i go home (laughs) that's the only time i visit i go home for a couple days so do you that's what i was getting at do you think you're gonna get in a fight or a debate you're probably not gonna actually have a fist fight but uh probably a fist fight have you been? Was last time you, my family. <laughs> when is the last time you were in a fist fight? <laughs> oh, it's been a long time. Uh, but I'm pretty angry right now. <laughs> and 
Do you think you were angrier now or during the 2003 anti-Iraq war protests? Oh, I'm angrier now. Angrier now. Okay, okay. For sure. So, so what you're saying is you're... Or not- I'm more scared now. I mean, because that seems like... I mean, this is uncharted waters. Like, you listen to, like, uh, you know, you listen to, like, a, a liberal analyst or, and then, like, reasonable conservative analyst and they don't and everyone's like yeah we don't this is uncharted waters we've never had a president like this before and the fact that he has no checks <laughs> like the fact that they have everything right now is really scary like we can survive like uh, uh illegal wars i mean we've done that forever but uh <laughs> i don't know if we can survive uh, the, the civil liberties attacks that will be coming. The uh, I mean, we could have. I mean, he's already not letting the press talk to him. He's already threatening the press. He's already, you know. I I've have a, I have a good friend who already won't be able to work in this country because uh, he was a Dream Act kid, and and come January he's screwed and pretty much has to just try to get by on like friends helping him out and he's done everything he can to be fair to be fair when we are recording this it is currently what is today's date it's currently the 16th of november yeah uh, we we do not actually know if that's true what you just said about the dream act we it, it's as of right now and that that executive order might not be overturned but as of right now, we don't know what's going to happen with the Dream Act. Well, I'm just going by what he told me after talking to all of his lawyers and people. And I and I understand that. And I just want to make it very clear. This also illustrates your point. We literally have no idea. But all signs point to we're yes. fucked. I think it's I think it's fair to say that all signs point to maybe not the best. Maybe the worst. I mean, maybe. You know, Brexit on steroids. We, I mean, and now he wants John Bolton to be on his cap, a guy who just says, let's nuke Iran. Like, it, it's honestly like he, like they're like, think of the worst guy for every position. And he's like, that's my guy. Like, to a man, it's terrifying. So have you Rudy gone... Giuliani? Listen. <laughs> I, I, um, I covered the the elections for Patty Vasquez at, uh, for her show for WGN. And I wrote about this and it's, love Patty. And so I, I wrote about this every night at the DNC and the RNC for British young things. And it's a lot of this is in the book that I got. So none of this is new to me. Um, and, and the thing that's interesting that to me is just, uh, Rudy Giuliani out of everyone you just mentioned is probably the furthest from his public persona at the height of a being America's mayor to where it is now. I think in a weird way, Donald Trump has more credibility than Rudy Giuliani. Um, and this is, maybe. And this is not like a knock on anybody for being a Republican or Democrat, but just the way you would deal with someone that's not mentally stable is yeah. kind of how you have to deal with Rudy Giuliani, where you don't have to do that with, say, Donald Trump or Newt Gingrich or hell, even Don King, who I also hung out with that weekend. So it's not... I think Gingrich is the least scared. Gingrich and Priebus, they're terrifying, but it's more of like an 
ideological uh, difference as opposed to, yeah, like what you're saying, like a, a temperament that, that's really dangerous. These are yeah. petty. These are petty men who have enemies and destroy them. So here's the thing. A lot of, for all intents and purposes, you could have grown up to be a petty man. I'm petty. You could have become a pettier man. That's true. Why aren't you part of the alt-right? Serious question. What? Why didn't you ever cross over? I don't know. I got into Bob Dylan really early. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I got exposed to, like, comedy and became a comedy fan really early, and so that opens you up to like, <laughs> like I wonder how many of these Breitbart fans like uh, love Seinfeld, you know, or like, uh, <laughs> you know, how, how many of these people who voted for Trump uh, have Beyonce's last record. Do you know what I mean? Like, but, yeah. uh, but fuck you, you don't get those anymore. <laughs> I'm tired. Like I, I tried for a couple days afterwards, like, and I get it. I mean, the Democrats haven't spoken to the working class since 1970, whatever, but like, I'm kind that's of tired true. of it. Wait, 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 that's not no. Clinton got a not, Bill Clinton got elected in '92 for talking to the white working class, right? But the, but he also screwed them. I mean, I mean, neoliberalism has left them in the dust, and there's a difference between what he talked to and what he actually did. And I think a lot of the vote against her was based on the shit. I mean, NAFTA alone. They yelled that every four seconds. Um, I understand that. I understand what you're saying, and I don't necessarily disagree. And and this isn't this is sort of related to um, what you're saying. But one of the uh, bits on should I call them bits? They're tracks. I don't know how to refer them without being offensive. Uh, I call them goofs. <laughs> goofs are make them ups. <laughs> oh. God. All right. Um, Say goofs. One of the goofs on the record. <laughs> it. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. I apologize. It's all right. Your record is very, very good. And it, and it, it feels like how seeing you and you're working out material and it's really new and exciting feels. How long have you been sitting in all that material? All of it? Oh man, some of it was as old as some of it was older bits I hadn't done in a while, and then you know, in the run up to the album, you're like, well, you know, you get you become a better comic just from doing it, and so like older bits you tell better, and you can add new tags and new stuff to that, and put new life into them. Some of them were old, like some of them were probably like four years old, and some were the week before maybe, or maybe not the week before, like a month, like a month old, maybe. What did you record? Where? When? When? Oh, I recorded the week in between the democratic national convention and the Republican national convention. So that weekend. Yeah. Like so after the DNC and before the RNC. Other way around. Other way around. Yeah. 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 So you recorded this right. in the middle of July. So there's a little bit of Bernie talk. There's a little bit of Trump talk. And all of a sudden, it's still very relevant, and you probably didn't think it would be. Yeah, I mean, no, you think it is you, – you don't want it to be hyper-specific about, like, that week's news. You want it to be more, like, social stuff, like the idea of, like, you know, Bernie's 
I mean, that's not going away. And, and like the establishment Dems aren't going away. Racism and sexism ain't going away. And, uh, unfortunately Trump isn't going away. So do you, have you gone up since election night? Have you performed? Oh, yeah. Okay. I had two shows that night in LA. Uh, they were rough. <laughs> now, like, no, you, I wouldn't want to. They, they, this, on the record, this is great. You also talk about being in Chicago the night Barack Obama was elected. Yeah. And having to cancel the show. Yeah. At the Bee Kitchen. Because all of the comics thought they might bum everyone out. Or no, we were just so happy we didn't care about comedy. It's, it's just as good. Yeah. Are you glad you spent the time you did in Chicago? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I had to. I don't know. I mean, because I'd never even been on stage before, really, besides like was the butler and my fair lady in a high school play. And <laughs> I think I knocked over a piece of a prop, but, uh, so, but yeah, no, that's where, yeah, no, it's, it, I love Chicago because there isn't the spotlight. There aren't like, you know, people who can make you in the crowd and crap like that. So you can fail and like learn who you are. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how kids, I don't know how kids have enough confidence to start in Los Angeles. That seems really hard to me. When did you start? What year? Uh, Jeez, what was it? It was, uh, oh, it was after Bush got reelected. <laughs> so four, oh four? Yeah. Okay. So you spent the first eight years of your stand-up life in Chicago, the last four in L.A. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. On the record, you actually say you left four years too late. Did I? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's probably true. Okay. <laughs> did, you over, did you outgrow the city or were you just sick of it? No, I wasn't sick of it. Um, I just started late. You know what I mean? Like I started like a lot later than a lot of people start. Like I was almost twenty-seven when I started, ish. Or I was like twenty-six. Yeah, but and so uh, and just like you know, the last couple of years in Chicago, I kind of felt like I was I was pretty down <laughs> and uh, not very healthy. And, uh, like mentally and, uh, you know, I felt like I hit my ceiling there. It's not like my, you know, I wasn't, I was getting on, you know, I was kind of big fish, small pond on like indie shows and stuff, but I wasn't like killing it on the road or, you know, headlining zanies ever or anything like that. And so, yeah, I don't know. You maybe not for, but not too long before there were many more new clubs with oh, my timing's always bad yeah it, it, in terms of working in chicago and making a living out of it very bad timing for you yeah <laughs> you've been back since uh once yeah that's it yeah any desire to go back more often yeah i'd love to but i mean you know travel costs money it had to be worth my time. Hopefully I can tour on this record like next year. If there are still 50 States, do you worry? Travel is still allowed for like leftist 
you know, because we've got about 60 days left before we have to start communicating through a series of leaflets and alleys. So this might be it. <laughs> uh, what brings you joy right now? Right now? Yeah. Uh, well, I went to the March on Saturday and that was amazing. And it, may, and, uh, it really confirmed like what I love about the city. And I've loved seeing like the uh, rational activism that seems to be happening in the past week. I've seen more people organize and do the boring work. Like we have to be the tea party. Now we have two years and I'm tired of everyone saying like four years. No, we have two things can change fast. The tea party changed this country really quickly and they did it with boring stuff. They did it by making phone calls and annoying their leaders and going to, town halls and, you know, the real unsexy stuff. We can't, you know, we can't just ignore it every four years and then be like, I like her. Obama's cute. And like in this cult of personality crap, we have to care about with the, the boring work and we have to have targeted protests and, and we can't just have, you know, anarchy kids out there checking tender, trying to get their dicks wet. You know, we have to, we have to be organized and I've seen a lot of, I've seen more of that in a week than I've seen in four years in Los Angeles. And I think that's really inspiring. And then when you see like the ACLU record donations, like than they've ever had, uh, that makes me feel good. Uh, I, I mean, she didn't win the popular vote. Not, not that that matters. Shouldn't have even been that close with a avowed fascist, but like, she didn't even, you know, this country is not a hundred percent racist. We just have to be loud and annoying too. And part, I mean, you can talk to your family and try to understand why they voted and, you know, don't just shout them down and call them racist automatically. But if people are being racist, we have to shame racist. Uh, Shame is the only way white men learn. I I would be a monster if no one ever shamed me, Uh, but a series of decent, a series of great women have shamed me enough that I am now a semi-decent human being. I I feel like you, that's a good album title. Number one, number two, uh, why don't you work in politics or in social justice? Oh, I have so many problematic dick jokes on YouTube. I I don't think Um, I could have pot kind of black here. Uh, Who's the president elect? Good point. Maybe that'll work. Yeah. Words don't matter anymore, buddy. Well, it matters to the left. (laughs) Is that a problem? Yes. Whose problem is it? I mean, the fact that uh, you, you go on your feed and like last week, people are fighting over safety pins. I'm like, this is why we lose. Yeah, I, I attended the DNC and that's, ex- I thought that's why it was healthy. Opposite. Uh, that's why it wasn't healthy. Well, it's healthy to a point. No, no, it's not. But uh, But once it's, once we have a goal, we have to stop doing that. Um, Once we have a shared goal. I'm just going to reminisce here for a second to steer this away from politics, but not really. Um, yeah. One of my favorite things to do with you when we were both in Chicago, especially towards the last six months I was in Chicago, would be to hang out in bars until close and then invite you over to my place <laughs> to listen to records and yeah. I have wonderful memories of us listening to Nirvana and also The Replacements. And the reason yeah. why I bring this up is because once you found out that Tim Kaine's favorite band was The Replacements, <laughs> why did either of us think that they ever had a chance? Exactly. Exactly. Are you that still was writing on the wall for me? Are you still 
really as am I unhealthily into music? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, and I've been really, I've been really getting back into the coup, uh, since the election and it's good, like motivating, angry, but like fun, funk music, you know, the coup. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw Margot Price recently. She was amazing, man. You down with her? I do. I am. Um, my job allows me to be down with lots of people. I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, have you seen her live? I have not. My friends actually saw her, I think, the Wednesday after the election. She is an amazing live performer. Great I show. See her live next time available. Um, <laughs> that sounds right. like I'm buying a person. Uh, <laughs> great. Uh, part of me thinks this is good for you. I don't care. Here's why. I, d- I don't agree with you. I don't think it's going to be that bad. I don't. Really? I really don't. And I also think that people like you and, and, and other people you're talking about that are now mobilized to call. Okay, let me interrupt. Why do you think it won't be that bad? Because I live in the swamp and there's... Do you think su- bureaucracy will save us? Do I think... No, I, I don't. I think that cities will be slightly damaged and I think that rural places will be even more damaged. Yeah. And I think that you're right. I think that in two years, a lot of the people that realize that a lot of the promises weren't kept will vote the other way. And then in another four years, a lot of people that now see that the bigger promises weren't kept will vote the other way as well. And it will ebb and flow. I, I don't think we're well, going to... I think they'll just blame it on brown people again. And if we what, don't... What did you say not five minutes ago? You don't think the majority of this country is racist? Oh, I think enough, but they're misinformed enough. I don't disagree with the levels of information, but I do. I don't think that people are inherently evil, and I think that um, a lot of people that voted just to see a change aren't going to be happy with that. And I, and I think that because of all those things, more people will vote. I think the next midterm election will have the, the greatest uh, voter turnout since 2010. And it will yeah. be very, very high. And I don't think it will be leaning right. And I think it will be definitely leaning left. And then I do think that in four years, um, it will be a much higher voter turnout. So whether that's good well, or bad is... They decide today if friggin Chuck friggin Schumer gets to head the DNC or if Keith Ellison does. And the fact that I didn't know that decision was happening today until one in the morning last night is part of the problem, right? No, I disagree. You're right. We need more backdoor deals of uh, Wall Street corporatists to like keep running the same platform that lost us everything. You read that quote he had where he's like, "For every for every liberal we lose in the city, we'll gain two Republicans." And that, yeah, how that how that shake out? I don't. I'm not going to agree with you on this. Um, you like Shumi? I don't. I don't have any opinions on anyone in this city particularly. <laughs> That's what we need. No, what I, like, I got to go listen to old 16, keeping it 1600s where they're uh, <laughs> making fun of uh, Democrats for worrying about the election and just laughing about it. Do you think that I, I also don't think that who the DNC chair is really matters all that much? <laughs> well, that says a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it goes both ways. I don't think chairs matter. I think that a candidate's message matters. And uh, Trump had a way better message. And Obama had a way better message. And Clinton had yeah. no message. Right. 
And I, I and I don't think that's that comes from any chair. I don't. And this is a bipartisan issue. Like you need to be popular. You need to have a, a catchphrase. And if you don't have a catchphrase, you're not going to win. Well, it's, well, then how? Why do we lose every governorship and every house seat too? Or why do Democrats lose? I don't want to say we. Um, that's different. But I also that's definitely a little bit more the how the chair than the than the right. president. So I'll concede that part. Um. But how this shakes out in four years, I don't think we know. And um, I do think it's good, though, that people are motivated to do stuff. And I think that a lot of the good that I saw during the or during a Republican administration had nothing to do with the president. And the same with during a Democratic administration. Like, working in Chicago and working in Little Village with the community organizers there, right. it didn't matter who was president. There was still right. work to get done. When I was a rape victim advocate, guess what? Sexual assault happens regardless of who's heading the ticket. So... It that stuff. Well, it right. does matter, for, and rape kids should be tested, and all this stuff matters. So much good will happen because of this that would not have happened if Hillary Clinton was president. So that's wow. how I'm looking at it. That's really optimistic. Why not? Okay, you know that's a horror. Actually, it's really <laughs> not optimistic because for my thing is like, guys, don't worry. Sexual assault happens no matter who's in charge. Like that's that's my outlook. Yeah, uh, these hate crimes are fun to watch, though, huh? <laughs> Does this? <laughs> Do you ever miss smoking in bars? I said that on stage last night. I was like, one thing. One thing we have to do is like make liberals cool again. Yeah, like that starts with smoking in bars, and we need we need like our we need like another Warren Beatty. Who like drinks on television and like fucks everything that moves and is cool, but is also like a lefty. Lefties aren't cool anymore, man. That the Rust Belt ain't gonna vote for like these eggheads. We need a cool guy. I'm not it. <laughs> I'm too lumpy, but I know I know some cool lefties. But yeah, we tell these people like, yeah, you have. I don't know. I don't know. What I like about talking to you, I haven't talked to you, I don't think, in a year, by the way. It's been a long time. Yeah. I know I haven't seen you for, like, 18 months. Last time I saw you was in Omaha when we were both performing. That was fun. You were great. I I enjoyed both of your sets. They were great. Um, You're great. I'm alive, (laughs) and I know you. And I like that regardless of how, how much time goes by, whether in person or over the phone or through this thing, our interactions are almost the same. Oh, yeah. There's, we jump right back in. There's a lot of joy, then there's a lot of anger and sadness, then a lot of fear, and then a disagreement about the future, and then just despondent. <laughs> yeah, that's the process. I'm incredibly happy for you for your <laughs> record. I'm sorry about the timing. I'm recommending it to everyone I know. Oh, and thanks. I think that um, if you've gotten this far, you clearly like him. So that's not – there's no reason to sell it. Um, if what? Oh, you're talking to the listener. I'm talking to the listener. If you have gotten this far and you like James and you already have the record and you need to buy a Christmas gift for somebody that maybe didn't vote the way you wish you voted, they would they voted, I think it would be the perfect Christmas gift. Do you? Why not? Hey, man. I've, I've had – I'm not – I try not to be too preachy on stage. Uh, there's still jokes. I actually think that's how to get through to people. Yeah. I mean, 
yeah, I'm going to have my opinion, but I'm going to have enough jokes where like, cause I mean, I've had comedians change my point of view when I was growing up and mm-hmm. still happens sometimes, you know? Well, that's just sad. You're an adult. That should be over. You should know who you are. You're right. We should never change. Nope. Lock it in at 25 and ride it out. That was Hillary's message, right? <laughs> never change. Oh, God. Oh, the record. What was her slogan? I'm great. Oh, boy. All right. Let's Man. Who would have thought cats and rallies work better than photo ops with Lady Gaga? All right. All right. Let's sell this record. Uh What's the easiest way people to find you? Just go on Twitter and then find you that way? Yeah, go on Twitter. Find me that way. <laughs> it's, on the- <laughs> it's at sign Fritz is dead because I'm not going to give the iTunes URL. No one's ever going to type that in. Yeah. And no one's going to go to AST Records. But just Google James. Wow. Is- Are you the first result? For what? For your name. I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a used car salesman in Houston. <laughs> All right. Uh, find him. He's fantastic. Um, yeah, I really, really, really like the record, man. I'm really happy for you. I hope you make it to the East Coast soon. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Everything's kind of up in the air right now. Well, there's cities out here, so there's a reason to yeah. visit. I'm a Sandinista now. If you would like more information on James Fritz, go to Twitter and follow him. It's Fritz is dead. F R I T Z is dead, and uh, you find his record on iTunes there. Find his actual physical record there. It's all there. James Fritz is a great comic, and whenever you can see him live, do that. See him live. I'm glad I know the guy. If you would like more information about me, Brandon Weatherby, follow me on Twitter. It's at sign YMTE. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well. For Twitter, we're Ubi Estmia Pod. And for Facebook, we're just Ubi Estmia. I co-wrote a book with Chris Kelly. It's called The Donald, How Trump Turned Presidential Politics into Pro Wrestling. And it's available at DonaldTrumpIsAWrestler.com. Our art is by Dmitry Samaroff, and our music is by Daniel Knox. Thanks for listening, and have a wonderful night. 